salute to everybody tuning in. This is Champagne Soccer, best podcast in the world dedicated to the beautiful game, the flashy lifestyle, the beautiful moves, and of course, the trophies. That's what it's all about. The squad is here. Cletus, Ephraim, Anthony, Marcus will be in in a few minutes. How are you guys doing, man? Great. Put you out. Toot you out. <laughs> Movement is, is going strong. Oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, hey, this weekend, we're linking up at the breaks to watch the game against Leverkusen. So, you know, pull up if you're in the area. We, we got to go back, Dan. Hey, yeah, it was cool the first time I went with you. That joint was fun for sure. Until I, I mean, the only downside was I, I had a hole in, in my jersey. Wasn't for me. Yeah, you know, yeah. hey, Pasal, hey, you're under surveillance. But now nah, that joint was a fun day for sure. And hey, Bayern cooked Dortmund in their classicer. So we'll see. Hopefully, Bayern can get another favorable result. Because, hey, man, Leverkusen ain't losing. We'll talk about that in a few minutes, man. But uh, Ephraim, hey, you must be feeling good, man. New era of Man United, right? I hope so. That'd be nice if that was the case. But, like, you know, you know how I, my approach is always let's wait and see. So I don't want to overhype them, but I do like the core, you know, Maynou, Garnacho, Hoyland. You know, I like I like that core that uh, could be built upon. I, th I think like getting like a nice young defender, you know, a good ball playing defender would be a good one, too. So, but yeah, man, I'm liking it so far. And Anthony A, I'm sure you're feeling good, man. Holland is back. You guys signed a player from yourselves. Uh, hey, man, De Bruyne, I saw that. People are talking about how my man got injured, learned how to dance, ghostwriting for Drake, came back and still got more assist than Sobosly from Liverpool. Hey, what's going on over there? And we have a game in hand. With all that, man. Yep. Um, Destiny's in your hands. Yep. So it's, it's a lot of it's a lot of dancing, a lot of rejoicing, happiness. Uh, uh, what is it? Gridian, whatever, whatever dance that is that the kids are doing oh, these days. Man, at Doku. Man, hey, man. That, that's twenty twenty two, man. Nah, whatever Doku has the has the players doing, man. We we they doing that, man. You know, we we happy over there. Oh, man, Doku's like the African kids in the 90s just getting the moves <laughs> from the 80s. Oh, man, that's what's up. <laughs> hey, well, speaking of a brother that might be trapped in time and lost in the motion, hey, the AFC Asian Cup, the semifinals have started. And in the first match, we got a big upset, guys. Jordan defeated South Korea 2-0. Yazan Al-Namat scored in the 53rd minute, had South Korea under pressure. Then Musa Al-Tamari scored in the 66th, and <laughs> it was over, man. Uh, Cletus, I'm going to start with you because, hey, your boy Jorgen Klinsmann is the coach. He was signed to win this big trophy, as you know, Korea has a lot of talent, but they haven't won this in a while. Even Sun Hyun Ming, his dad said a few years ago, my son ain't world-class because he ain't won nothing. How do you feel about South Korea 
you know, folding under pressure to Jordan. Yeah, they got too much talent to be having somebody like Jurgen Klinsman as their coach at this level. Um, again, I think with the talent that they have, they should have probably won it, but it's sad. I don't think they were – I don't want to say, like, they weren't prepared, they weren't favorites or anything like that, but I just think it came down to just tactics and not having the right coach to kind of prepare them for their first real final part of a while. For sure. Uh, after the match, he was very upset, and I'll read one of his quotes. If you guys don't mind, he stated, and I quote, a coach is always responsible for how a tournament goes for a team. Absolutely. Our goal was to get into the final, and we didn't get into the final. You have to accept it. You have to accept the result like this. It happens because Jordan today deserved their result. And then he was asked, uh, excuse me, end quote, then he was asked about, hey, man, are you going to skedaddle after you flopped? And this is what he said. And I quote, I'm not planning to do anything. I'm planning to analyze this tournament to go with the team back to Korea and talk to the Federation about what was good and what was not so good in that tournament. I think there was a lot of good stuff that we saw. There was a team that is growing, a team that still has to develop towards the World Cup in the U.S., Mexico, and Canada over the next few years with a very difficult qualifying campaign. So there's a lot of work ahead for us, end quote. And guys, hey, man, Sun is now in his early 30s. I don't know if he's going to be there in 2026. Maybe he will. But Ephraim, do you think this, uh, you know, trophyless drought he's endured in his career is a hindrance to him as a player? I mean, it's going to want to be one of those things where I think where you, it depends on where you look at it from, like in it to his country, probably, you know, maybe not because he's, you know, the biggest star their country's ever had. And, you know, you know, sometimes that's what the standard is, or that's what the standard will continue to be until they win something big. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, it, yes, to me, yeah, it will. It will. I, I think if, you know, something like this, I'm not saying that, you know, or they they were they were the favorite to win this match. I mean, you know, they clearly are a more talented team. So, and like Clay said, they they that they should have something uh, more, uh, and he should have something more on his resume, uh, at least in this from this tournament. Anthony, hey man, let me just read this to you guys. Um, Jordan had 30% of the possession, of course, South Korea, 70, uh, Jordan had 16 touches in the opponent's penalty area compared to South Korea's 36. However, Jordan still shot South Korea 17 to eight with seven of their shots on target. So, I mean, compared to none of Korea's goals. So, uh, it was a defensive masterclass. And Anthony, what do you think about this style? You know, when you're when you're the favorite, you know teams are gonna play counterattacking style. And a lot of times it's hard to break down. But for Korea to fold like this, do you think this is just hey, bad matchup, or do you think 
there is something inherently wrong with Jorgen Klinsmann's son and a sometimes we just fold under pressure. I, I think it was a case of bad matchups. Um and and I guess fifty percent bad matchup and fifty percent you just they just folded. Uh other than that, I think I think Jordan played they played their ass off. So no, I don't I don't know what you could say. You know what I'm saying? Like if the team won, they won. Um that's about it, you know. Kang and Lee, this brother was playing well. He was getting his dribble on, but it was a lot of crosses in a box, nobody there. Uh he chan, he was decent, but same thing. It's interesting, you know, South Korea has players that are known in Europe. I'm not going to lie to y'all. I wasn't aware of any of the players on the Jordan national team, but they were disciplined. They played with a back five, you know, everybody, not everybody, but I see that the most common back three used now is the three, four, two, one, uh, you know, shout out to your boy, Claytis Thomas Tuchel. He was he used it when y'all won the Champions League, you know, with Chelsea, what, 2021? So I think that double pivot with that back five makes it hard to penetrate when they sit deeper in the box. And yeah, it was tough for Korea to do anything. So the other semifinal in the AFC Asian Cup is between Iran and Qatar. Qatar is the favorite, so. We'll see about that, but the final in the AFC Asian Cup will be on Saturday, uh, excuse me, February 10th at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Marcus, welcome to the show. We were just talking about the AFC Asian Cup and you went in on my brother. Hey, you know, he's under surveillance, man, but uh, <laughs> 2-0 losing to Jordan. What are your thoughts? Hey, bro. He might need to do like Mancini and head to the back. It might be a wrap because honestly, bro, he had a lot of talent. He had the Asian that Pep don't fuck with on that team, and you didn't even use him right. So like <laughs> the Korean guy, yeah, like he geeked, he geeked, bro. I'm confused by his tactics. It was it was like the old school USA shit, play for set pieces. And then they kept trying to depend on old boy from Spurs. Like, that shit not going to work, bro. I like how you brought up the Mancini walk-off, okay? Because the way Mancini was walking off towards the end of the game to the to the, to the the locker room, yeah, he, he he's done. He threw in the towel. He already quit. Two weeks notice. Bro, he already knew. <laughs> hey, man, he's, he, he, he heard our pod last week. I told him, hey, just wait on the Arsenal job, man. Mikel Arteta... When you start yelling and getting mad because you're getting put in rumors to go to Barcelona, he's interested, man. Hey, Mancini, just wait, dog. <laughs> but, but Marcus Jorgen Klinsmann said, "Hey, man, I'm not, I'm not thinking about leaving. I'm looking forward to the qualification period of the 2026 World Cup." So, what say you about that? He seems like he's committed to the long-term vision. Yo. Him having Jurgen as his surname, you fucking geeked us over the weekend, bro. Shut the hell up, bro. Get that dude up out of here, bro. But if he gonna stick around, bro, you gotta adapt them tactics, bro. 
son getting old. Use them young bucks. Like, damn, you was putting me on to some of them, some of those guys and shit. Some of the guys on the, what was it, Japan? That they, it's some of these guys a little bit more creative. Yeah. They, can get, they, get, they get jiggy a little bit. So, like, embrace that shit. Stop playing that dry ass ball, bro. Stop playing like Chelsea when they had uh, Potter just going left, right. We, we don't want to see that. Yeah, it was a lot of sideways and backwards movement, especially when you have good dribblers on the flanks, like you mentioned. And they had midfielders that could drive the ball, like Huang and Lee. They're number 10, but hey, man, it just just didn't pan out for them. But hey. One more thing I would say. Hey, ahead, he, need, he needs to find a right back, bro. That was two games. That's two games in a row where you sub in the right back early, bro. Like, you got nobody in that country that can defend and go for it? Yeah, well, yeah. You're right. I hear you. But hey, this is the conflict that certain nations have that, hey, they seem to do well and get in certain positions developed, but then they lack in other areas. We see it also with the German national team that they have issues with their fullbacks. Ghana as well. Even Brazil. Look at Brazil. They had Militao playing right back at the World Cup so that they could have Marquinhos and Thiago Silva at center back. So, yeah, it seems like the fullback position, not that many around these days at that high level. So we'll see what happens in the other semifinal between Iran and Qatar. I think uh, Qatar is the favorite in that match, but Iran plays good football, so that'll be interesting. But They post goals. Yeah, like- and they know how to get penalties. Like they influenced that game that they that they won against the uh rising sun, bro. Like mm. they they got that penalty off for of like honestly, that would I don't know what's going on. Like that plan from the back, I seen in this tournament really got teams in trouble. And it did against Iran because they pressed it, bro got that penalty. Then they got that other little shot off the cutback. It was over with because it was like they Japan didn't want to wasn't able to produce. Like, we in the 80th minute, and it was looking ugly. I woke up that early for an ugly defeat. Yeah, that was terrible as well, man. Japan, one of the favorites of the tournament. And <laughs> that match, it that was very one-sided. It was underwhelming. Iran upset in Japan 2-1. Hey, man, one of my homies was like, Japan be writing all those research papers against dribbling, but once they went against Haram tactics, hey, man, no no bravery. No facts. <laughs> facts. So, one-on-ones, bro. I yeah, just thought about that. No man. one-on-one play, but you, you writing a whole dissertation about how, man, come on. <laughs> hey, man. Yeah, yeah. You're right, in Iran, they played in a 4-2-3-1. Everybody seems to be interested in trying to have that double pivot in this tournament from what I've seen in terms of, you know, building that solidity in front of your back four to try to prevent those through balls in the half spaces. But, yeah, man, a lot of teams are playing disciplined football. I wanted to see Japan versus uh, South Korea in the final, but we ain't getting that, so salute. But uh, let's go to the other tournament, the one that seems to have more motion, 
on social media and amongst my friends. Shout out to my boy, Dougie E. I was trying to tell him about the Asian Cup. And then he said, look where you want to take me. Look at the nations you're talking about. Iran, Qatar, he's not rating the football. But I said, hey, man, it's not that bad. But Dougie E, he's caught up in AFCON. And I'm not mad at him. AFCON has been entertaining as hell. The memes have been undeniable in the tournament. Uh, the quality of play has improved. They still scoring outstanding goals. I feel like this tournament has had the most designer goals I've seen in a tournament in a long time. But the last two quarterfinals before we got in the semifinal, guys, Ivory Coast, they beat Mali 2-1. Both teams had a red card. <laughs> After Mali lost, hey man, it was to a goal in the 120th, 120th minute, the end of extra time. And the Mali coach, my man, got baptized by that water, man. I'm sure y'all have seen <laughs> getting hit with that water. He was he didn't know what was going on. And then in the other quarterfinal to set up the semifinal, you had my team. Cape Verde, everybody was caught up with the beautiful women again when they talk, took that L to South Africa on penalties. Shout out to South Africa's goalkeeper, Williams, for stopping four of the five penalties. So now in the AFCON semifinal, we have Nigeria facing South Africa and Ivory Coast facing Congo. Ephraim, Ivory Coast is the host nation. They finished third in their tournament. They are they were so geeked up, Ephraim. They tried to get a coach on loan to help them finish <laughs> the tournament, fired oh, wow. their last coach. Now they're in the semifinal. Do you think having that love of the home nation can help them make the final? Because uh Congo's a tricky team. Yeah. I mean, yeah, look, I, I can't sit here and act like I've been watching a bunch of the AFCON, but what I will say is, yeah, I mean, we see it in club football where teams that, you know, sometimes rally and beat the bigger teams, you know, crowd is an influence sometimes, you know, it takes the team to make the crowd get hyped. Sometimes it takes the crowd to get make the team get hyped. So sometimes it just depends. But, yeah, I think that can play a factor. I mean, it's not out of the order. You know, I'm not saying out of the order. Excuse me. It's not, a, you know, beyond belief that they will do something like that. So, uh yeah, it'd be nice to see a home team win. So I'm I'm rooting for Ivory Coast. Let's go. Marcus Congo has been playing some entertaining football. They got the hottest dance moves in the streets. I'm rooting for them, but do you think Ivory Coast can, you know, make this final after struggling in the tournament? Hey, man. I ain't gonna lie. I, every time I don't put Ivory Coast, I mean, um, Nigeria, ain't that who they're going against, right? Nigeria will be playing South Africa. Okay. Congo will be playing uh, Cote d'Ivoire, the Ivory Coast. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't. I, I ain't going to lie. I haven't really seen Congo this tournament, for real, for real. Um, So I'm going to probably lean on Ivory Coast, but they are shaky, like how you said. Shaky, warrior. But we'll see how that pull out, though. I'm going to go with Ivory Coast. But you know who I'm leaning with, bro. You, you, didn't you go with Miley? Did you think they was gonna win the tournament? And I went I with South Africa. They had an outside chance, but yeah, they they fell 
to uh let me I forgot. Let me double check. Oh yeah, they lost to yeah, Ivory Coast. Yep. Hey so, man, yeah, shout they, out to our to the boy, to that boy PK Humble also for uh shutting <laughs> the block down for that for that victory for his uh, home country. Yeah, yeah, man. For sure. But uh Emilio Nuisi, I talked about him. From Equatorial Guinea, he's still the leading scorer of the tournament with five goals in four matches. And basically, the other teams left, they don't really have a high score in the same capacity. It's more like a community effort. Like, oh, you got two goals, you got two goals, I got one goal. Uh, let's talk about the Nigeria matchup because Claytis, it looks like Victor Oshiman, my man, is under surveillance. They saying he might not play. He's been having issues with his stomach area. Something's weird is going on. Do you think he'll be able to play and produce? Yeah, I think he's gonna play. And if he doesn't, they have enough backup on the team to to play someone else. But he provides so much for them in attack. His energy. His, you know, um, like when he presses, his assists. So they're definitely going to try to do some some juju and get him right for the game. For sure. Now, Ghanaians around the world, we we panicking because if Nigeria wins, we under pressure. If Ivory Coast wins, we under pressure. You know that West African beef is different, Claytis. You can attest to that. And then even South Africa, we got plexed with them because they thought we cheated to get in the World Cup over them back in the day. So it's a lot of ops. So that's why I got to go for the Democratic Republic of Congo because everybody else is an op for me. But Claytis, as a Togolese native, do you have a bias towards what team you want to win? I mean, of course, it's going to be Cote d'Ivoire. You know, that's 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 true. That that That's our family. We are... Ghana, Ivory Coast, Togo, we family in the cut. Even though we don't speak French, those are our brothers. So I hear that. But what about Nigeria? Do you think we're under pressure if they win? I mean, you know, if Nigeria wins 2024, they're not going to stop rapping. They let it be known they got the Afrobeats and they got the uh, African Cup, you know. But they didn't they, win they, no Grammy, though. <laughs> I mean, you it's know, sick. But we'll kind of deserve it because, you know, again, I feel like they have good players. Um, I'm not going to say they've put on like the best performance throughout the tournament, but, you know, they're able to compete and put out a good product that may help them win the final. So, hey, man, just be ready for it. For sure. And a quick aside, you know, the Grammys gave out an award for best African performance. It's a new award they get starting to give out. Starting this year, the nominees were like uh, Burna Boy, Davido, Aria Star. It was Nigeria heavy. And shout out to Tyler from South Africa. She won with water. I'm sure you guys have all heard that song. Shout out to my boy Sammy Soso from Ghana who made the beat. So, hey, man, Ghana, we still control the sound, man. But, yeah, another question. Song. Question, Dan. Go ahead, man. Isn't that Afro Swing? Well, that was, you know, Jay Husson them. Hey! <laughs> hey! hey you Stop know. it! Stop it! 
Yeah, them in NSG, they were Afro Swing, right? I don't, I mean, I don't know what happened with that sound. You know, Jay Huss did put out a good album last year, but I don't know. I Afro Swing is a funny term. I mean, and shout out to Jay Huss. I believe his family, he's from Gambia, right? So yeah, he's coming through with a different flavor, but I mean, I don't know about Afro Swing, man. But hey, man, Sammy Soso, my man, is from Ghana making and piano beats. So hey, that's the beauty of Africa, man. There's so many sounds from different regions, and whatever is hot, just tap into it and try to see what you can do with it. But hey, uh, now let's 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 get into the smoke, guys. Uh, Jorgen Klopp, of course, he's on his outro tour. Like we talked about last week, uh, you know, he's moving on, taking a break from club football for a while. So going against Arsenal, big matchup, the third place team versus the first place team. Arsenal has struggled to beat Liverpool throughout the years, especially since Jorgen Klopp took over. Before the match, I text Marcus, I looked at the lineup Arsenal had. Wasn't very confident. I said, I think Liverpool might win 3-1. Marcus stated he thinks it'll be 3-2 because he wasn't uh, very confident in their back line and their midfield. It ended up being 3-1 on Arsenal's side. Couple mistakes on Liverpool's behalf kind of, you know, ben benefited Arsenal, but... uh. Marcus, what are your thoughts on that match? And, you know, the backlash Arsenal's getting for celebrating too hard. I mean, Arteta was running on the sidelines. <laughs> uh, my man Odegaard's taking flicks for his man. Uh, what are your thoughts? Carragher was pissed. Let's let's get that. Let's get let's get Arteta out the way. On the way, on the going out tour, you really going to do Jurgen fist pumps? The way you were acting on that sideline when you were getting – Allison mistake goals was ugly, bruh. Act like you won before, bruh. I mean, hey, I, I, I don't know how many times he's beaten Liverpool, so I mean, I, maybe he yeah. What about as a player? Hey, man, don't you remember he played for Arsenal and Everton? He took, he took a lot of else to those boys in his life. It was, I do say that was, I ain't gonna lie, that was the sickest part. But I kind of saw it coming. When you text me that, I, like, I kind of was, because you saw it and I was like, yeah, I don't know about that. Because that news about R.I.P., you know what I mean, to that boy Connor Bradley's dad, I kind of think that took the morale of the team down. You, honestly, you, you would have played that kid ahead of Trent because we still working Trent back. Honestly, like Jurgen said, before the game, Trent was at maybe 40, 40 to 60%. You could see it. Bro wasn't even sprinting. Bro, really wasn't involved. Shit, you pretty could have used, you could have used any of the academy kids or maybe actually put Joe Gomez on that side and let Andy Robinson play from the beginning. Like, the tactics, I think Jurgen just was, he was kind of like, man, let's go with what was working. Everybody that had form, but then you started grabbing, grabbing Burke because we lost Dom. So it's like a lot of geek stuff happened before the game, and I think, I think we just took it as an L and trying to move forward with it. I mean, respect to Arsenal. Um, what was that? He swapped it. He swapped it out a little bit. Um, Martinelli finally, he finally tried to run past Kanate, but certain times we would get the Kanate just can get you out of the way. 
them the call bro anthony taylor should never referee <laughs> a fucking get both losses uh, on him <laughs> on that boy i mean you said it yourself a, a couple minutes ago i mean allison mistake goal he didn't do anything with that man that was the worst day of his life uh, <laughs> yeah that joint was tricky but hey uh I don't know if you saw it. I'm sure you did, though. Virgil Van Dyke said, "No, sir. It was my. It was me that it was at fault, not Allison." Are you uh, are you buying that? I I could. I you got to do that as the leader. You already know that. I mean, because what? Think about it. Uh, to me, the one goal who was at the end when Terzar went through his legs, bro. He was mentally. Yeah, yeah. Allison was cut in that match. I say, man, what happened to him? Like, we, he looked like Allison in that motherfucker. Like. <laughs> Bro, what was that, bro? But you got to do that as a leader, bro. I mean, Van Dyke kind of boxed who I forgot who it was. He boxed Kyle out, and he kind of like was like, "Get this shit, get this shit." This man Allison, instead of grabbing the ball, he sit there and try to do some old tricky Brazilian heel flick kick or some shit, bro. It looked like some Street Fighter shit. I don't know what was going on, bro. We was geek mentally. Hey, man. Your assistants might have to hit Klopp with that baptism like the Molly coach got hit with, man. I just sent you the chat. If you ain't see it, man, my man said he he hit the Tyler, man. Watered me, man. So I don't know what's going on. But, Claytis, what were your thoughts in that match? Was it just, hey, Liverpool mistakes and Arsenal took advantage of it? Or do you think this showed you anything that could, you know, potentially be a signal of what's going to go ahead at the end of the season that maybe Liverpool might struggle because of injury issues or trying to force guys that aren't a hundred percent to play because of unfortunate circumstances. Yeah, honestly, you know, I'm still room for Liverpool to win the league. Um, very disappointed that, you know, they gave away those, those two goals. Honestly, I think it was just bad defending on their part. And I feel like they had a chance they could have definitely capitalized and maybe won the game or tied the game. But, yeah, I mean, all around it was a good game. Again, I'm still sick that Van Dyke, I think him and Allison, I don't know what they was on, maybe off the gas, but they, they wasn't connected. Um, but, yeah, no, nah, no, nah, Arsenal was moving very, very, very ugly, very immature. You know, the the fist pump by Arteta, that, that, that was ugly. You know, the camera with, with Odegaard taking picks, you know, I understand you guys are back in the title hunt, whatever the case. We know y'all gonna drop next week, anyways. But you know, it was it was it was ugly behavior. I I don't think you guys played that well to to say you guys dominated Liverpool to that extent. But they yeah. scored all the goals in the match, man. Even you saw Gabriel's tricky own goal. My man was lost at sea, Marcus. You know, he needed a map. Hold on, what did I tell you? No, I think I said it in the chat. I yeah, said yeah, every right. game, every game, bruh. Saliba know how to not be involved with the bullshit. He does not. Hey man, they started playing where while where I was watching the match, they started playing the, the circus music when they saw that go. Yeah, that nigga Gabriel, he's good, but he be lost sometimes, man. But hey man, he need to lose that top, bro. He should he shouldn't have went to Turkey and got that shit. Hey man. But uh, Anthony, did you see Martin Odegaard's comments? He said, hey, man, when are we allowed to have fun, man? We we play soccer for a living, man. We kick balls for a living, man. We can't have fun after wins. 
Do you feel them on that? Or did they take it too far with their celebrations? <laughs> nah, I didn't see his comments. But uh, yeah, man, you got to celebrate uh, each step of the process, man, but not rest too much on them. Uh, I feel I feel them, you know, you, especially with all these games you know, or matches, you got to you got to, I guess, take pride in the, the small victories, even though at the end of the season, you may be in third place and lo losing the league, you know, never know. Hey, that's all they need. Champions League places. Hey, that's all what it's all about. Ephraim, I know you've enjoyed yourself, you know, at. Arsenal's pain and Liverpool's pain throughout the years. When two ops of yours match up, what do you want in the result to happen? Do you just want a draw or do you just want to see a good match? And how did you feel about the match? Well, I think it also, see, that's the thing. It depends on like what's the positions everybody's in. Like, is it going to benefit? Sometimes it is a draw. Like, this one here, I don't, you know, United's in seventh. I don't care if it would, it's not going to do anything for us. So, yeah, I, I want to draw. Like, both y'all, you know, whatever, zero, zero draw. Um, you know, I no think, action. you know, huh? No action. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, that's the best kind of win I think you can ask for as a rival. Like, you don't want anything to look good. You know, everybody look like shit in, in the match, you know? Um, but now nah, kudos to, to to Arsenal. Give credit where it's due. You know they they put it on at home and and uh, you know what was the I think the the Liverpool goal was the only goal, if not mistaken. Um, yeah. So and at the end of the day, it's almost like it's a shutout. Uh, so yeah, man, kudos to them. Um, but look who's still creeping around, holding their own destiny. You said it before, City still. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so like. Ain't nothing really changed. They still at the top of the league for the most part. So I mean, and they got a game in hand. So yeah, yeah man. So I, I yeah, I thought it was a good match though. Very entertaining. The show now. Hey, let's go. Hey, before hold on, hold on. Before we leave it, I just want to go ahead and get this on record now. Y'all do realize it's a documentary going on. Yeah. So um this shit will come back. But I want you to know, I feel like this early. I'm gonna say it now. That match against City, okay, that's the league. Well, I don't care what nobody say. That's the league. Them niggas is gonna drop one game that we don't expect eventually. But that's the league. We might drop one too. But that to me, that's the league. Whoever take that momentum, that's who's gonna win this league. And March 10th. Shit, and if we get that shit on footage. Hey, it's likely for Arsenal for another decade. Really? Another decade? Well, Damn. Yeah, now you're right, eh? And you can help us. Can you guide us through it? Because, you know, Liverpool went 30 years without a trophy. Arsenal is approaching 20 years. So I could see another decade of darkness for sure. You got any advice for us on how to handle the wilderness? Hey, bro. Don't let, uh, what was his name? Uh, The homie with two, bye. Oh, press your press your star midfielder and lose the lead. That's all hey, I can tell you. Hey, shout out Denver Bob, but hey man, Claytis, hey, come on man, this is Arsenal heritage. You invented the club back in the days because you said, man, look at these Arsenal niggas. They always on social media. They having fun. Come on, man. So this is this is Arsenal uh -huh. heritage, man. We can't have fun after a win. 
We yeah, don't I mean, trophies so that know, often. We just win community shields and FA Cups. No, nah, go ahead because we need the content because Arsenal Fan TV needs this type of content. Celebrate and at the end of the season when you win nothing, you know, talk about your stress. It's okay. Hey, man, we got our community shield. You know, that's what we do. FA Cup or community shield and then that's all we got, baby. <laughs> hey, it is what it is. But uh, E-Money Bags, you weren't lying about Man City controlling their destiny. They went down to Brentford. 1-0, Neil Mope, another Arsenal op scored in the 21st minute. Then the Academy wonder, Phil Foden said, hey, I got it, guys. Holland just came back in 100% yet. I'll take care of it. Scored a nice hat trick. Anthony, what are your thoughts, man? I know Phil Foden it has a sentimental value to you. You've been watching his career since he went into the first team. He's taken a leap this season. Like you said, the the title race is in your hands. The trophy's in your hands. Must feel good. Anthony, you there? Yo, yo. Street sweeper. Might have, might have made a bathroom move or something, but hey, I'll go to you, Claytis. Phil Foden, is he that guy? I mean, the way Pep plays, it doesn't really matter the position that you are. He loves the midfielders, but I definitely would salute him for getting another hat trick. Um, it's good that he's getting more PT this season to kind of show that he's able to contribute to the team. I don't think he's at that level where he can, like, dictate and control and, you know, be like, the Kevin De Bruyne or maybe the the David Silva of a city team just yet. But, you know, it's good to see his evolution like each and every season because last year he wasn't he wasn't doing much. But, you know, so far so good. He had 11 goals and six assists in the league. Right now, through 22 matches played, he has eight goals and seven assists. So, yeah, it seems like he's going to surpass the goals. He's already surpassed the assists. He's been used on the right wing. This match, he played on the left wing and, of course, centrally. Uh, Ephraim, what are your thoughts on Phil Foden and his development? I mean, yeah, very exciting young player. I mean, still got a lot of upside to him. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I obviously he plays for City, so that's what I don't like about him. But other than that, being objective, yeah, I, I like what he brings to the table. Yeah, you know, he scored a half. At trick on United last season and uh, that 6-3 uh, shellacking that we took at the Etihad. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I like him. I think he's uh, dangerous. He can be at least. Um, and we'll see. I kind of I agree with, with Clay's statement, uh, you know, about not being able to necessarily be that guy yet. But there's room. He still could be. For sure, for sure. Now, Marcus City has so many options in attack. They always switch up their style of play based on their opponent. It seemed like in this match, it was more like a 4-1-4-1. And their midfield four, or attacking midfield four, if you will, was Foden, Julian Alvarez, Kevin De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva. Do you think that might be their best four 
main group in midfield or the attacking midfield moving forward? Or do you still think someone like Doku or Grealish might need to be in there to maximize the team? Um, I ain't gonna lie. It's hard to bench Julian the way how he playing this year. Um, so like because I would have said I might swap Julian and um and Foden and then you bring on Doku. But to me, Doku don't got the finished product. Like I kept saying when we played them, I just I don't see enough assists from him. Honestly, bro, he should be a machine with Holland there. Cause what was that? Was Mares in double digits when he played for City? Uh, close to it, you know him. He was always like a rotational player. Let's. I'll oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He started coming off the bench when uh Holland got there, right? Uh, yeah, and then Bernardo started playing more on the right. So yeah, uh, yeah. the best season in the league Bernardo had with Manchester City, you could say, was twenty twenty. He had eleven goals and nine assists. He also had. Uh, 11 goals and five assists in 2022 in the league. And then his last season at Man City, he had five goals and 10 assists in the league. So, yeah, so I, I kind of would say this this lineup probably is the best. And then you can have Doku come off the bench because, like how you said, it, it got so many options. But I kind of want to present a different question. I was about to say, do you think? This style that Pep plays when they kind of are positionless, that kind of geeks uh, folding when it comes to England, because it seems like he kind of in that Trent Trent situation. Oh, boy, don't know where to play him for real to give him big minutes because he should be playing compared to some yeah. of the people that do play. That's true, because, you know, on the right, you got Saka that plays and then on the left where Foden might have a chance, you know, it's an issue. Rashford's balling. So. And then that's why Gareth Southgate had that, or he was balling. He's struggling, but, you know, for a time period, he was getting the starts on the left wing. But Gareth Southgate stated, hey, man, why should I play Phil Foden centrally? Pep doesn't even do it. So, yeah, <laughs> it is tricky that Foden does need to start for England, I think. But because of how Pep uses him at the club level, Gareth Southgate don't know what to do to replicate that at the international level. So we'll see how that works out though. But uh, guys, the January transfer window is over. Wasn't that many crazy transfers. You know, the most interesting one, or the most interesting transfers are probably happening now. Like, I mean, <laughs> Jesse Lidgard's going to Korea, speaking to Korea, you know. Uh, Mark, our boy in the prim, bro. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, Gio, yeah, Gio. yeah, yeah, man. Dortmund said skedaddle, they tried to sum for 15 million, nobody bit. So he's at loan at Nottingham Forest. As a team USA fan, what are your thoughts of Gio being at Nottingham Forest with Matt Turner? Man, do you think he can turn his career around and get back on track, bro? Um, Forrest got too many players, I thought. And that's why they fired that manager. Who did they they got the old school dude I used to like? The one that played three center backs and then his center backs go forward. So I don't really see that working out in that system. And then he don't say he don't say healthy enough. But he in that point of his career. Kind of, you know what's funny? He in that Curtis Jones point of his career. Next this year and next year, you gotta figure it the fuck out. 
are you going to start being in league two and and wondering if you can get that call up for USA? So, I, I mean, I hope the best for the boy. I mean, because it's, it's not a lot of space for him to do that, to be tricky and be slow. Like, he should have went to Italy, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, maybe Dortmund was asking too much for a loan fee or something. Uh, Ephraim, do you think he can find his way? Because uh, Nottingham Forest seems to have an issue with the wing, so he'll get the opportunity to play. I mean, he could, but, you know, that's that's another thing that's up in the air because you're playing for a team that's not really that good. So, I mean, uh, you know, I'm looking like like how Weston McKinney went to uh, Leeds and he didn't he didn't really do anything. But for some reason, he's doing really well this year. Um, uh, but anyway, I don't know. I, it, it's going to be hard to see um, him really excelling in the Premier League, but. You know, I like to be proven wrong, especially because he's a U.S. Uh, international. So uh, I'd love for him to thrive, but I don't know. I don't have high hopes for him, honestly. True, true. Uh, Claytis, you feeling Gio Reyna in the PL? Do you think it work out? Oh. Uh, I don't I have no concern to rate that boy, man. He's... I think what happened to him was last year, as they were going for the title, he was... He he looked like he was informed, but then after his injury, like he just like he never showed like real hunger to want to be in the team or really start. Like he'll say, but then when he gets the chance, he never really shows anything. So, I mean, good luck in the Premier League because it's going to be way harder for you to compete here than it was in in the Bundesliga. But you know, wish you all the best. Care less. Come on, Claytis. We gotta we gotta fool with Team USA, man. It's not like Togo and Ghana's giving anything for us to cheer for, man. What you mean? He bro? Better, he better learn a player. He better learn some players. We're gonna be at the damn, we're gonna be at the damn joint. What do you mean, bro? I have Germany and I have France. Hey, no, man. We can't always support the colonizers, man. Damn. Hey, man. The, hey, I have Whoa, relations. Hey. <laughs> I have relations to those guys, you know. Come I'm on, man. Here, I'm just here for the check. Oh, Lord. I'll tell the govies that. Anthony, you there, man? Because, yeah, Gio Reyna was his boy, but all right, man. Hey, this might be a running joke for this spot. Yeah, man. <laughs> Anthony turned into a ghost. Salute. I hope you're all right, man. Well, let's move on, guys. Another transfer. Jordan Henderson, he tried to free... Saudi Arabia try to bring you know gay rights and other things over there. Think he completed his mission, y'all. He succeeded. He changed the world in Saudi Arabia. Then he had the skedaddle. He's at Ajax now in Amsterdam. Marcus, <laughs> how do you feel to see your former captain twerking his way out of South Korea, uh, South Saudi Arabia like that, Bruh, The Hindo episode. It's gonna go down. Like, bro, I ain't never seen no legend. I would say, like, cause he a club legend, but like he he might have wiped this shit off the, the boards quickly. Like, I understand the little the 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 LBGT rights thing, but you shouldn't I don't I don't believe you should have tried to stand on that as much. And like, bro, you should have knew you was going over there to see 500 
fans watch you play the game like bro did you do any research you just went for the check and kind of like how everybody said you should have just said you was going for the check instead of standing on whatever i guess whatever whatever rainbows like that's not cool but um i'm i watched his uh ix debut he's still doing the same shit he was doing at liverpool coming to the back doing sideways just looking like Jorginho. But I ain't gonna lie, Jorginho played pretty good against us. But yeah, man, Hendo, Ajax, he doing the reverse of what most Liverpool, I mean, what most Ajax players did because we got Ryan. Um, what is that? We got a shit ton of players from Dangon that came from the who Horvor who ended up going to Watford. Like, bro, it's a shit ton of players that played for Liverpool and Ajax. So I guess we still got to connect, and they put them out there. Go ahead, play your career out, bro. We ain't worried about you on this side. <laughs> Jurgen gave you a chance. You could have came out that bench, but you didn't want it. So hey, yeah, bro. Tiago had that spot already, man. You already know what it is, man. Hey, man. <laughs> it was Diaz at right back. I don't know what the fuck going on. <laughs> Ephraim Jordan Henderson tried to, you know, change things instead. This the lifestyle and the you know underwhelming crowd atmosphere, all that the losing didn't help. Uh, do you think the Saudi league is gonna have a mass exodus soon, or do you think the money is too good that people will look straight? I think for a couple of years it's gonna be like that, but I think it's at some point it's gonna end up like that Chinese Super League. And, and about yeah, and like I agree with Marcus about Henderson. He yeah, man, look, he went to the wrong place to try to you know like. That's not the place you you do something like that. They not they that culture's been around forever. They ain't about to sit there and say, you know what, Jordan Henderson, thank you, thanks for coming in here and telling us how we should change our culture. We appreciate you. So nah, they they weren't doing that. So, but yeah, I think at the end of the day, look, I read this article in the in the Athletic about Jordan Henderson and, and the behind the scenes about that. You know, his wife was staying in another country, so I already show you right there, like how. You know, either she didn't, you know, she wasn't having it going to going into Saudi Arabia or, you know, he was trying to like, I don't know, just keep her away from that kind of stuff. So he wasn't all all in uh, on it himself. His family wasn't all in on it. Uh, so I think, yeah, given circumstances like that, if you stand on something like he stood on or if you even just have like any kind of res- reservation about it, about being in a country like that, then, yeah, eventually that may eat you up at the end of the day. And, yeah, you you're ready to roll. So. Yeah, and I think his family. Bad. I think his family, real quick, Clay. I'm sorry. I think his family pressure also has something to do with that. I, I really don't think his wife was vibing with it, and I think she was ready to roll. To add to you to what you're saying, e um over there, a lot of them are saying like I seen Fabinho say he couldn't get his dog. Um, like, <laughs> yeah, that was a big deal. You're right. Yeah, yeah. he he almost didn't want to go, and like it's certain shit kind of that yeah. Cristiano gonna get away with. That these dudes is not on that same level, not gonna get away with. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I fully, I, I think that that's the realization that they probably had to come to grips with a lot. A lot of those players, it's yeah. different because they saying that, like how you said, I think uh, some of the players wives stay in like stay over like two hours away and then yeah. they drive in to yeah. practice and play. Yep. Yeah. yeah, man. Like. You, that's not sustainable in the long run. Like people ain't going to be wanting to keep do that, doing that kind of stuff. Excuse me. So, I mean, 
Yeah, man. Like the money might be attractive right now, but I think eventually, like the word's gonna get out. You know, it's gonna get widespread. Like, nah, man, it ain't worth it. Like at the end of the day, your family ain't gonna be happy. You ain't gonna be happy. Uh, you playing in front of small crowds, like all they, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, like they, they more... it, it, it's kind of trash over there, man. Let's Ooh. be honest. Hey, Ephraim, when we were in college at NSU, man, I used to coach intramural basketball. I swear we had more people in Gills watching intramural basketball than they got watching that Saudi league, man. I tell you that, man. Hey, you, hey, Marcus, Claytis, Gills used to be rocking. Bruh, hit that, we hit that meal plan and we slide in there and niggas is talking shit the whole time. The young ones are watching you. It's oh cool. yeah, hey. oh yeah. You you low key got to have on the fit in that motherfucker. Yeah, you have to. You have to be fleet. But uh, hey, man, I don't know if y'all saw this clip. I wish I had it. Um, it's I don't know what it's from. It looks like maybe it's a reality show. It was Riyad Mahrez and his wife, and basically his wife was like, "We have to move to Saudi Arabia." <laughs> she was sick, and then he was like, he was like, you know, he got that raspy voice. He's like, that's the business in it. I was like, hey, man. Hey, well, she was crying, you said, right? She was, yeah, she she was crying. She was, she was like, we have to move to Saudi Arabia? She was sick. Oh, okay. She was British. She was sick. And he was like, that's straight. the business in it. She looking straight. <laughs> Tell me that's what it is. It, it, some of them like, yeah, man, look, we just going to make some money real quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, so... The other interest, uh, there wasn't really that much interest in transfers in January. Do you think financial? She was crying, bro. Oh, she, she was, was shedding tears. Yeah, oh. she was, she was. Okay, good because I thought I saw a screenshot okay, of somebody okay. <laughs> looking all funny in the. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> I think I was more caught up in Riyad Mahrez saying in it. I was like, hey man, <laughs> I know you've been in the UK for a while, but take it easy, my G. He was looking so straight. Oh yeah, she was shedding tears. Hey man, hold on. <laughs> Oh my, he's looking straight in the bucket hat, walking off. The way he said that shit, bro, he been around somebody. Yeah, quick. It's part of the game, in it? <laughs> hey, man. Claytis, you are the transfer expert, the ultimate businessman. What do you think is the reason behind the limited action in the transfer window this past, you know, month? Yeah, 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 yeah. In America, we call it the IRS. In football, we call it FFP. Oh, man. Yeah, you know, you don't want no issues with those boys. And you see the way they're about to come after City. You see how they did, you know, Everton. It's still making you know, illegal moves. We'll talk about that right after you. Go ahead, of course, man. Of course, of course. But, you know, nowadays, a lot of teams do not have funds. The TV rights, you know, is really is papering over the cracks for a lot of teams. So they can't afford to overspend and end up in a situation with FFP and have to pay the court fees, the lawyers, and then they can't compete in Europe. So they're really trying to avoid that. So a lot of teams, it seems like they're trying to start slowly cleaning up their books and only really going for players that they really need and not come out here with the the 90 millions, 80 millions, like, you know, United be doing for, for you know, 35-year-old niggas. So I think that that might be one of the reasons why. And another reason, honestly, there really isn't a lot of players in the market. There's players out there, but there really isn't a lot of like quality that you'll say, okay, I need him right now. And you can kind of go in 
and get him. Maybe Arsenal because you guys need a striker. But like, if you was to go in the market, you know, who would you potentially get? You feel me? So I think those are the two things that may be slowing down the transfers uh, this season, maybe next season as well going forward. Yeah, man, for sure. Now, uh, Manchester City, though, they, they have unlimited money. And they have also the club network where they can make deals like this, where Savio is a player of Troyes, their French club. They loan him to Girona, their Spanish club, and he's balling over there as a 19-year-old, five goals, seven assists in La Liga, which leads the league currently. As you guys know, they're in the title race. And because he's playing so well, Manchester City said he's ready for the big league. So now they've agreed to a deal to bring Savio in the summer. Uh, we know the club ownership system is corrupt, but I respect that it. it's shrewd business. Uh, but do you guys think it's unfair that every club has an academy and then basically City gets to have another academy via their club network? Cletus, I'll start with you because Chelsea is also trying to do it. You guys have Strasbourg in France and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Excuse me. To be honest, I don't like it. It's very, it's it's an ugly way of doing business. And also it's just like, it's selling hope, like false hope to a lot of kids. Like, oh, we're going to buy you here and then we're going to sell you here. And then and hope that you'll become a player for Man City. So, like, kids are coming through with the idea, like, okay, if I go here, they're going to buy me here. Or if I go to this team, then I might get loaned here. So, like, it's going to become a lot of cherry-picking where kids or players are going to only want to go to certain teams because they're hoping that it's going to project them to the to the big leagues. And that's where you're going to see the, the Mudricks of the world that are not quality players, but because they have the social media hype, you know, teams are buying them and thinking they're going to evolve into this great players. Um, teams are also going to lose money um, where they're going to be buying a lot of talent, hoping that they could develop them into a Vinicius or, you know, like an Abate, and then again, sell them to the big guys at city for, you know, five pounds, you know, things like that. So I think there's going to be a lot of ugly sides to it, as opposed to the positive that people think is going to happen. It's really more so like, that that hippo game where like all the food comes out and all the fat hippos goes and try to grab everything all at once. I think that's what like city is starting to do. And I think that's going to like kill the joy of football. Cause all we're going to see is city kids from Australia, from, from USA, from UK. And you know, it's not going to be fun. I don't, I don't want to watch that, man. I hope, you know, Chelsea doesn't go deep into it. Cause I don't know why we're even doing that. We don't have, a clear path for our first team as it is. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I could definitely run on about that subject, man. Because definitely... <laughs> I hear you. Anthony, any thoughts on Savio in that move, man? Corruption at its finest? All right. <laughs> Marcus, <laughs> you feeling that Savio corruption, man? Very sick, because I had just had uh, a TIFO about how that's Pep's brother over there. You a sick, sick club, man. You take the best one-on-one defender in that league. 
and you just out here just play. I don't like it, bro, because it's kind of like you got a monopoly. You could play a monopoly on certain players if you find them young. Like, let's say the young dude that signed this window. They could send him over there. He could play in that league. He get his stripes. And then when he good enough, hey, come on back. You know what I mean? Or send him to another one of their little minor, minor league clubs. You know what I mean? Whatever his level is. And just keep recycling and bringing it back. I guess every club going to have to do it after a while unless they make some rules. Because yeah. I did see they want they want that Jim, um, the Rycliffe dude, to get to give up his ownership of Nice. Because I think both of them might quali- could qualify for Europe. And that's against the rules. Yeah. To be in the same competition, yeah. Uh, E-Money Bags, uh, what are your thoughts? I mean, we've known theater clubs existed throughout the years, but this is the next level of the theater club where you own your theater club. <laughs> yeah. Nah, I- I'd rather see it like a more traditional way. I, I don't necessarily like the theater club model. Um you know, so I know a lot of people are like, yeah, it's easier to get your players. It's easier to, but I mean, what's the guarantee that the players that you're getting from that that feeder team are going to fit the system or the philosophy or with the cult, you know, that culture of that team, you know, especially if they're coming, you know. So that's I don't the beauty know. of the feeder system. You can make everybody play the same way, so that by the time they're ready, hey, they already know how to fit into what we do. Leipzig, well, I mean, that's the system in the four-two-two-two. All the Leipzig teams play that, probably except for the Red Bulls in the MLS. But you know, from well, Austria to Germany, that's what they do. So I'm sure City does the same thing in their side. Well, they got a leg up though because they've been doing it for a little bit. And United, if United, you know, with Jim Ratcliffe, they got Nice, like like Marcus said, and uh, you know they're gonna have to take a while to get that kind of going um so i guess it can benefit i'm not like i said i'm not a fan necessarily but hey that's the way it goes now if you have owners that have multiple teams that's that's just the way it's gonna happen i think guys either he's gonna be the bernardo silva replacement or he's gonna be competition for phil foden or whoever they decide to be the main guy on the flanks because savio is left-footed, he's tricky, he's creative. Like Marcus said in La Liga this season, he's the best one-on-one player. He's only 19, he turns 20 later in the year. So, hey, he has a lot of upside, Brazilian, international in the future. Hey, man, so shout-out to City for continuing to manipulate the market. I, I can't get mad at it because they haven't blocked it. It's a, Hey, I'm an Arsenal fan. My team has been behind financially for almost two decades now, so I'm used to it. I know you guys are just feeling it, but hey, let's go to Man United. Ephraim, you guys are feeling good. You know, your young guys are playing well. Garnacho, my Ghanaian little brother, Kobe Mainu, of course, Hoysland. People are trying to say this is y'all new big three potentially for the future. Do you see that vision as well? Do you see potentially being able to build around these young guys? It all depends on the structure, man. Like, it, you know, I roll. Like, it has to be from the top down. That structure needs to be get, get in there. You know, we need that. We already got our CEO. We need our sport. We need our director of football. We need our, you know, our, our better scouts. We need, you know, so we need all that. 
if we want to keep Ten Hag, keep him for a couple more years. If not, we need to find somebody else and get him in here and, and start developing around that. So, but yeah, at the end of the day, I think yes. So I know that was a long answer, but yes, absolutely. This can be a nice core to start with. And you just start, yeah, you start building around because all you need to start doing now is looking at the rest of the midfield, the de- defense, you know, start start replacing those that, you know, are, uh, you know, Varane and, and Casemiro, they're both over 30. And it's about that time to start looking around, you know, that I don't think they have the longevity as like uh, a Luka Modric or anything like that. So it's time to start looking around for those replacements. So I think, yeah. This is it. This is where that 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 start can come, but we need that that structure to be around to help support that development and get the right players in here to support them. So yeah. Out of the three youngsters, who do you believe has the most upside? <laughs> it's funny because you look at them, it's like damn, all three of them just are they're under twenty. Well, Hoyland just turned twenty one, but they're all that young i don't know it's hard to say i'd like to say kobe Mainu, honestly homegrown talent like that you know uh the way he plays the way he that he moves on the ball the way he looks around the way he, his passing you know his composure maybe need to work on his tackling just a little bit but his defensive prowess is pretty pretty decent already so uh yeah man i like to say him just because I like the midfield role and how they control games and things. And, and, and we need something like that. So that's what my, yeah, that's what I'm going with. I'm with you too. He scored the game winner against Wolves in the 97th minute uh, for a young player. He seems to be very press resistant uh, in the West Ham game, being in that double pivot with Casemiro helped him, a lot, as you guys would know, because Casemiro can do the dirty work where, like Ephraim stated correctly, that he still needs to work on, while Manu can do the on-the-ball actions. But uh, be up further up the pitch, right? He's like, he gets to play a little further. He gets to go out onto the wings a little bit as well. So he's like all over the place in the midfield. So I think, I think, yeah, his development, you know, looking like more like an eight than a six, right? So, yeah, um, but... I think he could play the six in, uh, in the long run. And I think pivot, I think so. Absolutely. Would yeah. you want him as a single pivot? Because I Oof. think that would kind of make him lose his dynamism. Like, Yeah, that's what they did with Paul Pogba, trying to put him in the six role. And it's like, nah, I think he needed to be like an eight, sometimes a 10, you know, like something like that. But yep. yeah, man, I think, I think if you keep him in a double pivot, you know, with somebody that can hang back a lot more and he can go up the field, I think, yeah, it, it, it shows what – uh, and it unlocks, I should say, his talent and, and what he can do uh, further up the pitch while also being able to, I'm sure he'll work on it and get better at his defensive, uh, his defensive uh, uh, part of his game. So, yeah, man, he's the, he's the, he's the backbone, I think, in a way. For sure. Cletus, do you see the vision the same way? Do you think out of the three youngsters that he is the best? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Another ghost state, man. Anthony, what are your thoughts? All right. All right. Marcus? <laughs> <laughs> I was about to do it just to see. <laughs> oh, hey, that's man. funny, y'all. <laughs> um, I ain't gonna lie. Mayno, I think it's funny how he kind of had to play because it's like, 
Afrobat is gone, but Afrobat is kind of washed to me. Mm. Um, and to be so young, I think he's doing this thing. I think kind of in that in the aspect. Um, if you look, is he is he gonna play for England? Of course. So like, I ain't gonna lie. If, if the future of England is like the midfield be like Foden, Curtis Jones, and Mano, that would be kind of dope. I don't know if they're gonna get any defending done, but goddamn, that would be pretty dope, bro. Been um, and every game I watch, bro, getting more and more confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna take. I just think like kind of like for him to get on that. What would you say, Rodri? That one like two year spurt of that Fabinho level. Anybody else on that Casemiro? Like when he was on Madrid, if you want to get on that level, it's gonna take. I think maybe about 80 plus games and playing in that position for you to know everything that's going to come that's that's you're going to need to be responsible for. So a year or two from now, I think we will probably be like, damn, he's going to be, he he really the foundation for that team going forward. But I don't think they should overplay him, but I think that's a problem too that happens with the young players. That's true. Jurgen was saying that if you play them too, too many games, they body um, break down. And then they get certain injuries and they have to take longer time out. So I don't think that needs to happen because he got hurt in the preseason from what I heard when he started yep. playing. That's what delayed his uh, first team uh, debut. Yeah, I'm quite sure he would have been playing all season if if it wasn't for that because he was showing off in the, in the preseason. He was actually – yeah, he was the standout. Like there was nobody else that stood out but him this that preseason uh, that just passed. So, yeah, man, he's he's definitely it, I think. I think he's going to be it, I should say. Yeah, he turns 19 in April. So, like you said, Marcus, you got to protect your youngsters. I mentioned on our last pod, or maybe the pod before that, about Barcelona. Look at overlying on kids and how they all breaking down. Pedri, Gavi, Nile, Alejandro, Baldi, Arsenal. I went through it the last decade with the injuries with Wilshire, Ramsey, Theo Walcott. Even the older guys were getting it, like Santi Cazorla. So it's tough, man, but it's a part of the game. So hopefully they can develop, but not too well, because, hey, man, we don't need need that pressure coming back. But uh, Ephraim, you must be feeling good. You know, rumors of a new stadium loading for United. (laughs) It's funny you say it. New (laughs) Trafford. Yeah, I've been listening to all the you know United like channels and stuff, and they all different got different views about it and crying over whether or not they should keep Old Trafford or or renovate it or you know. So I'm like, yeah, it, 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 look for me from afar, I'm like, yeah, go ahead and knock it down, build something new, or do what Real Madrid did, it like do a f- extensive like Barcelona's doing it too, yeah, renovation, do an extensive renovation, like do it right if you're gonna do it then, but you know. I, so it's easy for me to say that from across the pond, but so I get some of the United fans. I mean, you know, it's kind of like when RFK went down in a way. I, I get it. It's not as much history as, as Old Trafford is. I get that. But it's like, damn, they built a new joint over in Maryland. That that joint was lifeless, you know, FedEx Field. So that that RFK, that joint rocked. And you know what? The, the stands rocking up and down. I've been to some games with RFK. I was lucky enough before before they tore it down. So I get the nostalgia. Yeah, I get the nostalgia. At the same time, it's like that 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 place gets yeah, it gets ridiculed for how how bad the infrastructure is. 
I mean, Mark has been there. I think, I think, uh, uh, right, Marcus, you've been for your op tour. Yeah, I went there, man. Um, yeah, yeah, you got you've seen it firsthand, so you can tell you tell us what you think. It's a bit outdated compared to like all the statements, shit. even Chelsea kind of is outdated. Um, but yeah, y'all a little bit outdated. It's a, I mean, bro, it feel like we still in the 90s, like. I can see like Sir Sir Alex probably had his hand in the renovations. The theater of dreams, man. Man, I ain't I ain't watch a game there, but from what everybody say, think about it, it was like bleaky roofs and shit like that. So I honestly, I think it'll be cool for y'all to move if it's not like the same thing like it is with Chelsea. They said they can't tear their stadium down because that's a landmark. Yeah, and and the space, I think, as well. Like the way it's located. Yeah. It's like space around it is just so hard and like renovating old Trafford would be hard i think because there's a railroad station uh under one of the stands and so uh or close to one of the stands or something like that so it would yeah, kind of hinder expansion it was easy but, access to get back on the on that on the uh train okay right. oh, i got on the okay. fast <laughs> but real quick and i ended with this like they, what I, the thing i heard also is you know ratcliffe was talking about if they do something it may be like right near old Trafford, like right next to it so you know like in the parking lot or some some kind of area that's like kind of right around old Trafford, so it'll be in the same vicinity and kind of make people still like think and have that feeling of oh this is where the you know the old stadium was and this that and the other so so no we'll see man we'll see well i hope you guys go broke and can't have transfers for a long time like arsenal did when they moved from Highbury to the Emirates. <laughs> but realistically, I know that won't happen because you guys have smarter business people behind you. So we'll see about that. But uh, Cletus, you know, the big matchup of the weekend and I believe world football outside of the AFCON and Asian Cup finals is Bayer Leverkusen versus Bayern Munchen. And hey, Leverkusen had a focus victory today in the DFB Pokal Cup, the quarterfinal against Stuttgart, 90th minute winner by Jonathan Ty. I think they unbeaten in their last 30 matches. Can Byron end that streak, Cletus? All right. Anthony, you you think you think Leverkusen can do it? I don't know. Yeah, man, I think. Oh, he's here. back. Yeah, I'm back. Yeah, hey, shout out to uh being on call, but um, yeah, man, I think Leverkusen has it. No more, no more for, yeah, no more for no more never cruising. This is the year that they are yes sir cruising. If that makes sense. Hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, I dig it. I dig it. <laughs> uh, Marcus, what do you think, man? You think uh, Byron can get this victory that they desperately need? Or do you think Leverkusen can hold on? They're at home. Man, any man playing Jonathan Ta and actually getting some quality minutes? I believe in you, and this is a plan at work, okay? Win the league and come on home. You know how I go, Dan. He's from Spain, man. 
Hey, bro, you know what his home is. It's in England, dog. Uh, <clears throat> you know, he's not taking that Barca job. But, um, oh, yeah, he's not going to Barcelona. He's a Real Madrid guy and Sociedad. Yeah, he ain't going there. But, <laughs> um, I think, I think Tuco's gonna do the pep, bro. He's gonna do some geek shit, play a geek lineup, <laughs> trying to over, over like anticipate the tactics. And I think, like, that Liverpool's impressed. Hopefully they don't get carded up early, and then they might hit, they gonna have pull that thing out. I mean, honestly, the only X factor to me with for is with Byron. Like if if um if Byron got Harry Kane, he scored more goals than Leverkusen can produce. Because old boy is still at Afcon. Well, did old boy ever even go to Afcon? Boniface, nah, he's hurt. Yeah, yeah. So they geeked up front. So yeah, bro. Harry Kane's the X Factor, in my opinion. So it's a toss up. And I see my boy on the wings might have got hurt today. Who works? Nah, 30. Uh, Hawkman. The 30, the one with the dread. Oh, my boy Jeremy Frimpong, another Ghanaian that, you know, he's too good to play for Ghana. Yeah. You know how they move. Yeah, man. I hope he's all right because he is an exciting young player. And guys, he might go to Man City soon. You know, he might be the Kyle Walker replacement, and that'll be more pressure on our side. But uh play this. Can Thomas Tuchel do it for you? I pray that the bum does it for once. Whoa, the bum? Because, yeah, he's a bum. Oh, he's a uh, Champions League winner. He's a bum. He's he's a joke. <laughs> But to be honest, I think I think we're what two points behind, or maybe five points behind. So if we were some, yeah, I think five points behind. So if we were to win that game, we'll be two points behind. And you know, at that point, I may feel a little bit more confident about us. You're only two points behind right now. Points. Yes, everybody's yeah. played, or you guys have played twenty matches, just like Leverkusen. So all that struggling, you've been dissing club. I mean, I said club. You've been dissing Tuchel just two points behind. Yeah, but unfortunately, what I'm used to at this point in the season is extremely happy about winning the league already. I'm celebrating. Okay. I'm getting ready to to organize, you know, the 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 what's we call it? The trophy tour down down at the uh, city center. Right now, instead, I'm stressing about losing the title to Neverkusen. Last year, you almost lost the league on the last day. You're a bum. You're a bum. <laughs> hey, but but Dortmund did what Dortmund does. I, and that's why I thank God for being the God that he is. Maybe Neverkusen might do what Neverkusen does. Hey, and I pray that God does what he does best, you know. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I, I'm not – I don't think anybody at Bayern Munich, whether it's the board, the fans, or even the players, believe in Tuchel and feel like this is the best that we've played and, you know – I think there's definitely a lot of doubts in the team. And then going into a game like this, since such a big game, we haven't played well. We're not a dominating team. We leak goals all the time. Um, and against this Leverkusen team, you know, very dynamic, and they're coming from you at all sides. Uh, they move the ball, the ball really, really well with shotgun in the midfield. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be a very interesting game. I don't – I'll be I'll – be, extremely happy to be drunk and winning 2-0, but I don't see that happening. 
I may see a 3-2 game or maybe a 3-3 game, to be quite honest. Yeah, I think I'm leaning towards the draw. I don't know if uh, you guys can get that win away. But then, hey, Leverkusen, they might be gassed because that that uh, DFB Pokal Cup was very intense. It took a lot out of them. Stuttgart isn't a joke. They're third in the Bundesliga so far this season. So it was an intense, high-quality match. Maybe that can take some juice away from them. But right as of right now, I'm leaning towards a like a two-two draw. Uh Marcus. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Clay. This is my bad. Um, to add on to that though, I feel like one of the scary things and what's beneficial to them is the fact that like he's able to rotate so many players and they're still able to play so uh fluidly. Cause I, what was it? Last weekend he had made five subs and the team still looked the, the same. Um it was somebody that got to play the other day that I like I forgot was even on the team, but I think everybody on Leverkusen looks fit. They look eager. I think they believe that they're able to win the league now. So if they're able to win this game, like they're they're clear. For sure, for sure. Now, Marcus, if you had to give a prediction, what would it be? Hear a word being thrown, a term rather being thrown around for Leverkusen. And I like it. Mentality monsters. Okay. I'm going with 3-2. Ephraim, what you got, man? Let's set the record straight first, though. All right, Thomas Tuchel, the disrespect that, that, that Clay keeps giving him. The man has won a DFB, DFB Pokal Cup. Woo! Two league un champions. Who de France. Woo! <laughs> a trophy de champion. Woo! Uh, champions League. And a FIFA Club World Cup. Oh so man, world champion? Whoa. <laughs> so nah, with all that being said, I, I do side on the with the side of Leverkusen, though. Honestly, I think they're gonna smack him a little bit. 3 1 is what I'm looking at. Hey, that's a nice setup, E. <laughs> and you're gonna hear the breaking news. Hey. Fired by Bayern Munich. Yeah, man, don't don't let me see Jorgen Klopp in, in Bavaria, man. I'm gonna get upset. Hey, I think I think everybody at BVB might go on a riot. To be quite honest, yeah, hey, man. <laughs> but you notice, you notice, guys. I know Marcus did. He said I'll never manage another club in England except Liverpool. Did he say that in Germany when he left Dortmund, Cletus? No, sir. Oh. Everybody know where they got to come at the end. <laughs> We're like Thanos. Yeah, hey, bro. He getting the house built in in a um where a team in Spain does play, Mallorca. Yeah. You know what's funny about this though? Hey, Sucho, the beaches are nice over there. I heard. Yeah, it's very nice. He's he's gonna be at peace. I, he might need to get Tuchel out there too, cause my boy oh, still living in a, in a in a hotel down the street from the training ground. Wow, he's geek. I was about to say the one more thing about Yerry. Life of I, a bachelor, man. 
I, I think he'll I think he'll go back to Mines and then he'll that'll be his official retire retire. Hold on, what what you oh Marcus before what though? Well, he's gonna do something any, in between, right? You think your father's gonna have any ambition? Father. He about to just go to Mines and lose then his career. What's that? No, no, he's gonna travel the world for a year. He's gonna do I, but but hold on, Marcus, you don't think he's gonna like try to get into an, another big club or at least a national team before he retires though? National team. You telling uh, me you can't him like that? I ain't gonna lie. Looking at that, at him on the sideline where he was looking at um Arteta, you can kind of see that he burnt out. I think if the year away he get refreshed, he'll go to Germany. But if not, I think he'll do like two years away. Mine's being troubled, and he think he can like save them from relegation or some shit like that, and then fade to the sunset. I don't really think I don't really think he want to smoke like that no more. Outside of like Germany, I I think that's like his lifelong dream. But outside of that, no. I need him on a national team. He needs to bring hope back to the national level. Okay. Tom, it might not be right because you still got Julian, right? What do you mean, man? We got 2026. The time is right here. It's okay. Julian will be gone soon. It's okay. Dang, I believe in the Julian project. Julian is not a national team coach, man. Let's all be honest. Let's not what's our a national team coach. Come on, man. Uh, but, but honestly, Julian is, is such a young coach, bro. He's not about to sit and waste his talent as a national team coach, bro. I'm sorry. Oh, what do you mean waste your talent? You don't think winning the Euros and the World Cup is something of honor? Yeah, but he wants to work with players 24-7. He's, 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 oh, he's, he's a, an addict. He's an addict like Pep. So he needs, play football he, manager at FIFA, man. He, Take it easy. I'm not bad. EA Sports FC, sorry. He need he needs that training ground dope each and every week, each and every day. I'm sorry. <laughs> need to he smell that pitch. Yeah, 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 yeah. He uh, needs to see the players and everything. I forgot. And La Liga is number one versus number two as well. Real Madrid versus Girona. I mean, high game. The same day and the same time as uh, Never Cruising versus Bayern. Man, people gonna have to make executive decisions, but uh. Plenty of got two parties this weekend. Yeah, so I mean, uh, what are your thoughts on that, Cletus? Do you think Drona can get an upset and try to take advantage of La Liga's table right now and you know maintain that title race? Or you know, do you I mean, Real Madrid will repeat what they did the last time they played and smoke them again. I mean, you're you're sharp because I I told you I've been in in Germany and in Spain a lot more than than. UK with that dry Chelsea shit. And La Liga is very hot because uh Madrid had played Atletico the other day. And you thought Madrid was gonna come away with the three points and give themselves some gap at the top from Girona, but then Atletico came back 90th minute, extra extra time like they do. They tied it one one. So they'll there's a lot of pressure on Madrid right now to create like some gap between them and Girona. And if they don't right now, I think Girona is gonna feel that momentum. And just keep riding that wave. So Madrid's gonna have to do something. Uh Vinicius didn't play the other game. I think he set out the whole game. Um, but watching that during like Enchilotti, he's he's such he he he's a real, real, real demon, bro. I feel like people don't respect this tactical knowledge as much as they should, but well, it's because David is doing it. David is not fully employed yet, so we can't give away the secret. Okay. <laughs> Because because there was a time where such shit happened and Davi had put up to Carlo and, and tapped him on the back like he pushed him like yo you, you know that was you know that I was like oh, yeah Davi's definitely calling the shots 
But <laughs> but he played with I think maybe five whole midfielders. You know, Kamavinga, uh, Tony played, uh, Valverde, uh, Rod. I mean, Rodrigo's a winger, but you know, still midfielders. And there was no real clear. You know, uh, I think Drew was playing up top, but he was moving around the pitch so much, and they're all interchanging. It was hard to kind of pick it up, but. It just shows how dynamic that Madrid team is. And once they finally find a real striker, um, they're going to be a threat because Vinicius didn't play. And yet they're still creating opportunities. Um, so this game with Girona is going to be big, man. They need they need need those three points to create some space. For sure, for sure. Now, I, I hear you. And hey, shout out to Vinicius. He's taking pictures with Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> Good luck. I mean, hey. It's not his team no more, bro. I've been saying it for the past year. <laughs> When Jude pulled up, I, after three games of watching Jude, I said, nah, this is not your team no more. And he, I don't want to sound negative. You know, I'm a black myself, but. Whoa, I'm a, beat- whoa not like saying it like that. I'm a black myself. Hey, man, you sound like a. I'm trying to be honest. Pluto said to be honest. But the, the, the propaganda, the beef with the pitch and, you know, the chance, the racist thing, it was taken away from the football. And now you have somebody who's pure football, and he is that boy, and you got to compete with two of those boys. Yeah, nah, nah. This is you. You better get ready for twenty twenty six because that's the only way. <laughs> I hear that, man. But hey, I will give Ancelotti his props. Like you said, he does. He is tactically aware, and I think he doesn't get his props tactically because he just tries to do whatever it takes to maximize his players similar to what Ferguson did instead of having a distinct style of play that no matter what my talent is, you niggas got to play this way. So I think that's why Enchilati doesn't get his props for being tactically astute because, Hey, you've watched him throughout the years. As have I, he's played four, three, three, four, two, three, one, the Christmas tree, four, three, two, one. He's very adaptable. Now he's playing four, four, two diamond. Whatever it takes to maximize my team, that's what he'll do. And that's what the best coaches do. So, oh, yeah, for sure. So, uh, Ephraim, you feeling uh, a Girona upset? Or do you think uh, after struggling against Atletico, Real Madrid's going to come out smoking? Yeah, I think, honestly, think this is going to be like a – 3-0, 3-0, 3-1 kind of win for them. So I, I don't – yeah, I, for some reason, I don't think Jerome's going to, like, yeah, even really be a threat this match, you know. So, yeah, I'm going Madrid for the win. For sure, for sure. Now, Anthony, as a member of this city football group, are you obligated to root for Jerome? I wouldn't say obligated, but it will behoove me to root for him, you know, to sort of chip at Real Madrid's armor early before we may have to see them in the Champions League. So, yeah, I'm going for Girona, man. For sure, for sure. <laughs> Marcus, what are your thoughts, man? Can uh, can Pep's brother put together a master plan? <laughs> um, I was just recently informed, I guess, I bet it, Jamar, that Girona's going to win the league. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember. Okay. Oh. I don't. So I guess I'm obligated. Oh. <laughs> to believe that Carlos talking crazy the other week 
about that they not looking as good as he wants. I need that to happen on the 10th. I need you to fall. Jerona, figure it out. Mikel, if that's how you say it, figure it out. Hey, man. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. So, hey, those are going to be some exciting matches this weekend. It's also the Super Bowl this weekend. Also, NBA trade deadline in a couple of days and All-Star weekend. So, hey, man, it's a lot of interesting things going on in sports during Black History Month. So, salute to everybody out there tuning in. So, hey, guys, we do have a segment about Eden Hazard's comments about pure footballers and stuff, but we can talk about that next week, man. We at the end of the show. I feel like that conversation would take another 20, 30 minutes potentially. So <laughs> we could, we could. No, 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 no. It was not. It's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it will. It will. It no, will. no, 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 no. no At the end is. of the day, my boy's just outside having too much fun. He was probably off the lake. Nah, hey, man. I, I just, feel, I feel him though. I understand what he's saying. That's why I said, hey, it's going to take a while. We're going to break it down because, hey, the same thing happens in basketball about, oh, who's a pure hooper and all that, you know, lingo and vernacular. So I think it will be a good conversation because I get his point. I do know. too. Yeah. So, Hey man, I think that'll be a good conversation, but you know, the reason why it might take 20, 30 minutes because I need to put you on the stand, Cletus. You're a football purist. You're a football lover, but because of your propaganda, you can't you can't attack certain boys because of what they stand for. And that's why Hazard's trying to say, hey man, Messi's number one in pure footballerdom. And I'm I'm, I'm Cristiano, hell man, I can't touch him in actual production, but when it comes to the aesthetic of the game, I'm whooping his ass. I gotta ask the next question. I don't have an issue with that because at the end of the day, Eden came from the school of, of Cristiano at a point in time. Well, he's more a Ronaldinho baby, but I hear you. So I, I can see where he's coming from, you know, and I agree with that. And that's what we talk about a lot of time nowadays. We don't see a lot of pure, you know, talented players that could like just dribble who could just, you know, switch pace or who don't look like they could play football. But like once they touch the ball, they're the, you know, they're a Kaka type of person. So I definitely understand where he's coming from. Um, but, you know, production-wise, you know, yeah, he, I'm sorry, my boy. He's just not the same gravy, you know. And then when you went to that big house, you know, to the White House, I'm sorry that it happened to you like that. They try to murk you off fast. But I, I know where you're coming from. But if we're going to talk about that topic, then we need to to bring up the new World Cup. Because I'm that's what I'm really looking forward to. Ooh, the 35 and up. Hey, he money. Hey, might have to the pitch, guys. Hey man, hey, I turn thirty five next year. Hey man, I mean, I need to get informed. Is it only for former footballers? Let um, me in. Wait, man, because that might be the wait. Yeah, that is going to be interesting. I wanted to wait until the final final announcement so we could see who's really playing. But they they are putting a lot of big stars out there. They said Thierry Henry, Ronaldinho, Roberto Carlos, basically. The brothers that be balling in the charity all-star games, they're coming for another check. <laughs> so I also think this is gonna be lit because it's gonna entice other players and maybe start getting in shape and compete. And I also want Jesus Christ. Oh Lord, what you about to do? Hey. Nah, nah, some some sick shit just came across my screen, man. But <laughs> Lord, um, Lover Boy Chronicles. 
it's it's next, bro. They won't leave me alone. But I honestly think all these all the commentators that are always chirping each and every week. Yeah, I, I need you to shut the fuck up and get on the pitch. I'm not I'm not hearing that. <laughs> Erica, I need you to be on the pitch. Neville on the pitch. Okay. Oh, that, the- that dude that be in subbing for the Robbies, I need you on the pitch. Yeah, hey, buddy from, from Soccer FC, you know who I'm talking about. All, all of them for all for all need yeah. to be on Craig the- Burley, Craig. get your old ass in shape. We about Shaka. A little UK visitor uh yeah. citizenship, you're gonna play for the for the oh, UK. Oh, but you gotta play for his for his green card. Hey man, what are you doing? Nah, you can't be chirping like that. Jules, for you to go to the Neymar birthday party, get your ass on the pit. Oh, he's depressed. Come on, man. <laughs> you don't want to see. Shout out to the uh, basketball journalists. They used to do a joint every year where they would play run. They would have runs and have the competitions. And hey, a lot of brothers and sisters were dusted on the court. Okay, gassed after the second game. <laughs> they never had Stephen A out there, did they? Oh yeah, you know that brother's not a real baller, man. Come on, he shook. But that's another story for another day, man. <laughs> we at the end of the show, guys. It's that time. Hey, Anthony, what's your champagne move of the week? Man, I must honestly gonna have to go with Phil Phillips' second goal. Even though it's a goal, it was a header, and I was like, "Hey, man, <laughs> that boy, that that boy balling. <laughs> he getting headers a part of his hat tricks." Come on now. I'm sorry. That joint was just, it was perfect. For sure, for sure. Claytis, what's your champagne move of the week? Man, it was a lot, but I can't remember who it was, but he was dribbling. I just can't remember. What, but I'll give it to Jude. He had like this, this focused little back heel flip. It was, it was nice. Very, very smooth. The face of Adidas football in Real Madrid. The logo's loading. I dig it. <laughs> Ephraim, what's your champagne move of the week? My move of the week is the young trio for Manchester United that we just talked about: Manu, Garnacho, Hoyland. Hopefully, fingers crossed with the right everything in place, they 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 the future of Manchester United. So, oh, look, look. <laughs> yeah, I hey, I like it, man. It's always cool when you can have three young players with a lot of potential, two of them coming from your academy. So that is cool, even though I pray on your downfall. Your club, not you. Uh, (laughs) Marcus, what's your champagne move of the week? The Falcons hiring Raheem Morris and having a press conference. Oh, yeah, he did very well in that press conference. I was impressed as well. Yeah, I like that. He did uh when he was the interim coach, you didn't have that same vibe. Does he seem more mature now? He's still the same vibe. Um, I think it's just more season now. You went and got a championship, you went and been uh went and became a defense coordinator again. So I think it, it came full circle. I think it's a perfect little Cinderella story if he can get us a ship eventually. First black coach in the city, bro. Yeah, that is cool. Black on black. Black coach, black GM. Yeah. Black quarterback loading? What, what are y'all doing? Is Justin Fields coming home? What are y'all doing? Bruh, I don't even want to. Bro, we can talk off <laughs> air, but 
Yeah. They might not be playing future in the stadium no more. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that off after Friday, man. Uh, my champagne move of the week is similar to Marcus off the pitch. This has to do with the Ghanaian people organizing a protest against the Ghana FA and the government next week, next Wednesday on Valentine's Day. Because the Black Stars are our love. And you guys are destroying it. They got slogans going. They got shirts for sale. I got to call my brother Duke. He's in Ghana. I need one of those shirts pronto. So salute to the media, the Ghanaian people organizing this protest because enough's enough. Corruption has destroyed Africa and many so-called third world countries. And if you're even robbing people in sports, what else are you doing with the money? We need questions answered pronto so anthony what's your champagne goal of the week sorry got three of them i already used one for the move with phil foden got to do his hat trick man that one was awesome all three goals playing that hat the the final third and half spaces it's nice Cletus, what's your champagne goal of the week? Young Clay? Um, no, no. Whoa. Ah. I'm going to probably have to go ahead and give it to... to um. It's just so pathetic, bro. Jesus, I'm going to just go ahead and give it to Palmer because there was nothing else to celebrate. And maybe Thiago's goal, and shout out to him and his wife for for bringing more stress onto my club. I think. <laughs> well, <laughs> I hear that, man. You avoided Chelsea until the end. I respect it. Hey, man, my champagne goal. I gotta go with my boy, Umar Diakite. Hundred twentieth minute plus two minutes added, game winning goal against Mali. Took the shirt off fast, got that red card. Hey, I don't care. I'm a legend in my hood. Ivory Coast advances to AFCON. I got to go with that goal, man, because of what it meant. And the stakes, how high it was. The last, right before penalties, I saw the coaches setting up their penalty lineups. The Mali coach was crushed after that goal went in. So salute to him, man. Uh, Ephraim, what's your champagne goal of the week? I got two, and it's from the uh, the Asian Cup. Uh, the uh, two goals that um, uh, Jordan scored. Oh yeah, I, I did. that second one too, though. Did y'all see that second one? Yeah, that was a banger. Yeah, that that was sweet. He took it from the uh, other side of his halfway line and took it all the way and scored from outside. <laughs> like, yeah, man, that was that was sweet. So both them goals just because they was both nice actually. So. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, and you know why Jordan is successful, right, Ephraim? Enlighten me, my friend. Hey, man, you can't spell Jordan without Dan. Hey, man, it's just what oh, it boy. is, man. Hey. Okay. All right, man. Hey, I, I just had to do that knowledge for you real quick, man. <laughs> Marcus, what's your champagne goal of the week? Kind of teed it up for you. It's that boy. He not even a USA player no more. Oh, you're not a Germany player, hey, Jonathan Ta. Hmm. <laughs> 89th minute goal to save the game. 
back post, doing what you're supposed to do as a center back. Take the easy headers. Mm-hmm. Shout out to him, man. He's been around. I feel like I've seen him his whole career. He's only 27, man. Really? I, yeah, I first got hip to him because he's he's from Hamburg. And, you know, my family, I got a lot of family in Hamburg. They support the club. So I remember hearing about him when he was in their academy. He was like their next star boy up. And, yeah, played at Hamburg for a few years. People felt like uh, he's not taking the leap we thought. And then eventually he goes to Leverkusen and finds his way. So it's real cool to see him develop, man. And now he's a main guy. He's one of the fixtures of that Leverkusen club. He's been there for almost 10 years now. So salute to him. But uh, we at the club now, Cletus. Who you got, man? Are, are the Arsenal boys allowed or not? Because they're going to have too much fun and get too lit. Man, I don't I don't want to bring nobody to the club to be honest, but Starboy Jew, man, we outside. I'm gonna bring Sancho outside with me as well, because he's back in Deutschland, you know, having fun, stress free away from the devil in that environment. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh instead of the club, Claytis is on his guy's night out swag. I dig it. I dig it. Hey, hey, we're not gay though. Still got <laughs> no, hey, man, nothing wrong with that. I said guys not out in I didn't have any implications to that. <laughs> hey, man, this guy's dangerous. <laughs> Anthony, who are you in the club with? Man, you know how people drop change, Dan? We we in club drop points. Whoa, whoa. I'm, I'm hollering. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm bringing uh, them boys in Liverpool to the club with me, Um, at to the drop points club. We don't accept up your invite. Whoa. <laughs> nah, this this joint is it. Once you drop points, you're already in. You know what I'm saying? That, that invite's at your door. You got to show up. So, yeah. Shout out to Liverpool. Season's on. For sure, man. Speaking of dropping cash, man, I saw a dime in the parking lot. I had to pick it up. That's a double entendre, guys. Hey, anyways, Marcus, who you in the club with? Is a rapper this week? We had facts there last week. Now we, we got rapper Dan. Um, I'm hey man, I'm bringing my boy Trey Way in the club. Just got announced on that All Star team. Um, like I said, I'm bringing well Raheem, Raheem and his staff. Um, who else we could bring? Hey man, we always bringing Jurgen in there. But you know what? You know what? We gonna invite Pep, Pep brother. And Arteta. And we're going to see what happened, bro. We're going to see if, if you're going to have to lay hands on one of them. You, you bringing in the scam boys? Yeah, we need, <laughs> we need, and we need to bring in Xavi too so he can get hip to the yeah. fuck shit that they're doing in the league already. Yeah, the Barca scam boys, bring them out, bring them out. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> you know who I'm in the club with, man? I'm in the club with. The 1996 Telecommunications Act, man, okay? You know why I'm going that old school? Because Bill Clinton signed this bill. It was supposed to make media for TV, radio, and the internet, you know, not monopolized. It was supposed to be fair and equal for other companies to eat. And almost 20 years later, excuse me, almost 30 years later, we have ESPN, Fox, and Warner's Brothers about to launch a sports streaming app to even take more money from us. Y'all saw that, right? 
about to get finessed again. God damn, man. No more subscriptions. I'm done. <laughs> Bruh, but they were telling me subscriptions are going to make watching TV easy, stress-free. Now, that that's a whole maybe $50 to $100 bill right there. Yeah, because it will include at least 15 networks and all four major professional sports leagues plus college athletics. We've been, over I've been trying channels. to. How many think it's going to be? What what app has over 15 networks? It's cable again. Yeah, bro. I've been trying to do it the legal way, but that's over. Hey, hey. <laughs> I, feel, I feel you. Hey, man, you can't say that like Batman. Hey, man. In it. <laughs> that's a game, isn't it? Hey, that's crazy, man. Uh, I don't know where I'm at, man. I'm I'm sick when I saw that and it was like, what? They about to make another Monopoly? But hey, uh, think I'm with Ephraim. Are you in the club yet? Nah, but I will I will bring in all my Chelsea fans who was quiet in the chat this this weekend. <laughs> yeah, they were, church, into the they were church mice. Yeah, oh, what, didn't, hear, didn't hear a thing. I, I, well, I'm just saying. That's just saying. Just want to bring you guys in the club. And it's Chelsea FC. Anything aff- affiliated with Chelsea right now. I just want to do that. Just, just, just order some uh, some Casa and some 42s for our stress, please. Thank you. I got you. I got you. And to make, and set the record straight, one more thing. Uh, Jaden Sancho, he did that to himself. I'm glad he's happy. I'm glad <laughs> yeah. he's happy. He went public, you know, but but, you know. Rashford didn't go public, so that's why that's why Rashford gets to stay. Hey, he apologized. Yeah, he apologized and he said, man, y'all don't need me for that fake cup, do you? Come on, man. <laughs> let, let a nigga live. Yeah, you see me? I'm trying to get my club picks off. Come on, man. He, yeah, he was gotta, gotta, hey, the story that I heard, who, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let whoever got it. <laughs> the story that I heard. It's next. Hey man. Oh yeah, but I heard some shit too, yeah. Yeah, by the way, guys, this new app will have the World Cup, so we need it. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is going to have ESPN, ESPN Plus, ESPN2, ESPNU, SEC Network, ACC Network, ESPN News, ABC, Fox, FS1, FS2, Big Ten Network, TNT, TBS, and even True TV. And it's also going to have the ability to bundle with Disney Plus, Hulu, and or Max. What is this cable again? Hey, I'm going to be honest. I didn't hear Bally, so what the fuck? I'm good. Yeah, man. And now one homie said it might be new deals coming up with Google, Amazon, Netflix, Apple. Hey, man, it might be a sick 360, so we'll see what it do. So, hey, man, shout out to everyone out there that tuned in. This was a fun episode. Shout out to, I think we're going to call this episode Disappearing Act because of the way Anthony got low for work. That was smooth, man. I just started messing around, asking questions to see if you were there. Then Claytus disappeared. He became a ghost. But, hey, man, this was a fun episode. Shout out to Anthony and being on that grind. Hey, man. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> sure. But, hey, man, before we disappear, Marcus, what we got to do? Till next time, keep them pinkies up. I was trying to do the same shit. Oh, yeah, you was about to become a ghost. <laughs> yeah, I thought you was. <laughs> that would have been next. Man. I was re- I was about to, but I was like, ah, uh, he going to say something. <laughs>